this is online gaming podcast. I'm going to go 25A with this instead of being the year anniversary show. And this is Kevin Devine, and uh, hope you enjoy. Hey, this is Ari Salvatore, and you're listening to the Gaming Podcast Network. Roll a dice and have a good time with it. Okay, so here's part two of the About Me Gaming uh, thing and how I got this podcast started. And then in two weeks, we should have a review of Game Table Online. I've gotten a couple games in over there. I'm hoping to get a couple of different ones. I've right now only played 10 Days in Africa and Nuclear War. But I'll be able to give uh, a review of their site in two weeks. So catch me back here in uh, two weeks uh, after you listen to this. And I, st- I was still doing conventions a little, and at one point I even ran an event at a convention. I ran a tournament for L5R, the Legend of the Five Rings card game. I even had prizes. I had talked to the people uh, at Five Rings Publishing, or uh, Alderac, I think, Alderac Entertainment Group, and gotten certificates with Koku and, and uncut sheets and all kinds of stuff for prizes. The significance of running that event is that's actually where I proposed to my wife uh, for her to marry me, and she accepted, and uh, that's just all cool, but (laughs) just a sign of who I am is that I did it at a game convention while I was running an event. Um, I mean, she knew it was coming, it's not like it was a surprise, but uh, just one of those things that gaming uh, pretty much you know, goes through almost all my life. Um, My wife likes playing board games, don't get me wrong. And um, after we got married, uh, one of the things that we did is we set up something monthly at our house where we'd invite some friends over and play board games. So that was kind of nice. She was in law school, so she had some friends from law school who would come over and we'd play games. Uh, they'd invite over their friends or whatnot. And Jeremy and um, his girlfriend, fiance, now wife, uh, would come over as well. We'd, we'd play the games. Um, occasionally, Sarah's brother, my brother-in-law, would come over as well. Sarah's my wife, sorry. I didn't mention that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking a lot. but um, So... That all came together, and we were playing games uh, once a month at our house. And then uh, I I discovered a gaming group uh, through Jeremy, who had met somebody in one of his history classes at college. He took longer than four years to graduate. He switched majors, so it it took him longer to graduate. Uh, who mentioned something called the North Coast Gamers Alliance, which in uh, the Cleveland area was a bunch of gamers who got together at people's houses and played games. And uh, so I went to one of those over in Lorraine, uh, ended up uh, Jeremy's car overheated and I think was permanently damaged after that point. Had to get a new car, but (laughs) we uh, we played a couple games there, and then it was discovered by one of the members that he could get the Euclid Public Library's um, meeting rooms once a month for all day on Saturday for free. So it became very convenient to go, well, let's meet at the library. It's got a parking lot. It's, you know, nobody has to pay for air conditioning. You can bring food. Um, 
they have bathrooms, all that kind of stuff, as opposed to somebody having to clean up their house. Here's a room that's already clean when it starts. As long as we keep it relatively clean, they'll let us keep coming back. And it didn't cost anybody anything. So we started meeting at the Euclid Public Library, which was nice for me because at the time I lived about 10 to 15 minutes away from it. So it became a monthly thing to go down there. Uh, At that time, I also discovered CABS, which was the Columbus Area Board Gaming Society. But Columbus is about two hours away from here, or two and a half hours away from Cleveland, which made it a little bit far to drive once a month or whatever when they had meetings to go play down there, but had some connections. So when we went down to Origins and CABS was there, kind of a little bit of knowledge. Um, Also through, I think it was through Origins, met up with Kevin O'Brien, who was running what he called the Games Project, which were more meetups of gamers on different nights. Started going to Friday night games. I think I only went to two, and then he moved to Australia, (laughs) of all things, uh, not too long after that. Uh, So... And then they started doing them on other nights, Thursdays and Tuesdays, and it was a little more difficult to make those events. Um, I mean, the uh, and what ended up happening, the kind of life-changing event that happened where it made it more difficult to go to all these mini-cons, as they were termed, were two things. We moved down about um, 30 minutes down south of where we were before which put us 45 minutes away from the Euclid Public Library and some of the other places where they were holding the convention it put us 10 minutes away from Kent State which made it closer to get or maybe 15 minutes from Kent State which made it better for the gaming club that met there but then the other thing that happened was the birth of my son which um, kids take up a lot of time. <laughs> they 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 require a lot of care. So, um, didn't have the time to get out to a lot of the events. Saying to my wife, "Hey, I'm gonna leave you alone on Saturday and go play games," isn't the easiest thing to to do. I'm not sure how some of the other guys manage to do it, but it's possible they don't have as young of kids as I do. Um, Telling her I want to go all the way up to the library to play games is even harder, being that it's further away. So I was looking for some kind of way to play games, but not have to take up a lot of time and leave the house. I tried um, the massively multiplayer online games. Uh, City of Heroes was one of them. Tried playing that. Uh, it was it was fun, but I found myself not really having the time to play those. You had to sit down for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours. Anybody who plays World of Warcraft knows what I'm talking about. You really can't just drop in for 15 minutes and, and, and do anything that's useful. Maybe you can complete a mission here or there, but you're paying $15 a month. You really need to equate that time to that money to time. Um, I I was subscribing, I was paying for that while I was only playing maybe an hour a month, 
well, $15 for an hour a month really doesn't make sense. Um, if you were to play, let's say, an hour a day, that equates to $0.50 cents an hour. That's probably pretty good for playtime. Uh, I think with the massively multiplayer online games, to get the good uh, time-to-money ratio, you have to, to play at least 15 hours a month. And if, I, if you're not doing that, you probably should cancel your subscription. Because um, you're really not getting any value for your money. And there was no way I was going to get 15 hours a month to play. So, unless I, you know, did it at work and then I'd get fired and bad things would happen. <laughs> so, I was looking for something else. I tried the browser-based games that I uh, used to have in this podcast. I revisited them a, a few months ago, but um, they... They really didn't hold my interest, mainly because uh, it was too easy for somebody else to take a lot of turns while you didn't, or willy-nilly kill you (laughs) once you were out of protection, and you just sat there and went, well, I have to start over? I I spent, you know, two weeks getting where I'm at, and I have to spend another two weeks to get back to that, as well as watching my back for somebody to come and kill me. So... And it wasn't conducive to weekends because, while I could grab a minute or two at work to put in my turn, I couldn't really grab a minute or two at home. At work, I sit at my computer all day. Uh, So it's very easy to to go to a website, punch in a few commands, get some stuff done, and, and then go on and do my work. Whereas at home, I'd have to go turn on the computer, wait for it to boot up, log on to a website, do the stuff, and then finish up, which isn't the easiest thing to do. Uh, So I would usually not be able to play over the weekends. And anybody who has played me in play-by-web games knows that the weekends, I'm not online. (laughs) Whereas some other people, that's when they are online. That's not when I'm online. So uh, they'll notice that the, the weekend's more difficult. So I I went to the uh, to the play by websites. I I started discovering some of them. The first one um, that I found was the Spiel by website, and started playing some of their games on there. Uh, I found um, a few other sites, and one of the things that I discovered is that when I talked to some of the the gamers, because I was still, at the time when I found those, it it was when my wife was pregnant, and I knew that my gaming time was going to be cut short. So I started talking to the other gamers when I went to the the little library conventions, and they they didn't know anything about it. They they talked about a few things like the Vassal Engine, or um, Aid to Camp, um, or Cyberboard, or some of those. They were more war gamers. And not many of them had heard of the really the Euro games that were available. So I thought, wouldn't it be a good idea to do a news source about play-by-web or online gaming? So that's kind of when, in... Well, last year, 2006, I thought up the idea of doing a podcast, which had come into vogue. Podcast in 2006 kind of exploded all over. 
uh, maybe it was 2005, I don't know, I had been listening to podcasts, and I thought, I should do a podcast talking about online gaming. And initially, I was going to talk about the browser-based games as well as the uh, board games, the online board games, and I think it was show number six, maybe, that I changed tactic and said, I'm just going to do board gaming sites, just the board gaming ones. And I talked about and the real-time ones as well as the play-by-web ones and even some play-by-email types. And what I've found after doing a bunch of reviews, what is this show, 25, I've probably done about 20 reviews, um, about five of the shows have something different on them. I found that the play-by-web concept is the one I like the most. Now, if anybody's listened to the last half an hour and is actually here, this is where I finally get to my point <laughs> about play-by-web. The real-time aspect of a game is just as similar to if I had to block time uh, to go to a convention, even a small one, or a game club meetup, or having friends over and playing games. Uh, so real-time really doesn't fit my lifestyle, I guess you would say, at, at the time. I can't really block out time like that. Because... It's not like if you want to play a real-time game, you just log on and go, okay, who wants to play a game? And there are people available. Uh, it's a little bit better with things like Brett Spielwell because you probably can find people who will show up. But you also don't know how fast these other people are going to play. I've logged on to Brett Spielwell to play Kalis and expect it to be done in an hour because I can play Kalis fast but I encounter people that were just really slow at playing. And I've also encountered a bunch of people that are like, you're not a registered user, I don't want to play you, which is kind of annoying. Ranking is not everything, people. Anyways, um, <laughs> so it became kind of difficult because how do you tell somebody, I have an hour, hurry up. You know, I want to play on my lunch break at work. Um, I'm I'm so looking forward to Spiel by Web actually doing Kalis. They they have it sitting in their in development section, or they have for a while. I don't know if they're actually ever going to do it or not. Um, they may, they may not. I don't know. I'd like to see it. It'd be really cool. Um. So I. I started going to the different play-by websites. I found that the ones that are uh, the Euro games I find more enjoyable. I mean, one of the biggest play-by websites out there would be Super Duper Games. But it's all the abstract type games. They have a few that are more Euro type games. But oddly enough, I'm actually... Uh, my aversion to playing a lot of games over at Super Duper Games is the graphics. And you won't s hear me talk about graphics that much, but the abstract nature of most of what's on Super Duper Games just tracks a lot from it. It's why I could never really get my head around Ice House games, which use those little plastic pyramids that look the, that are like translucent green and red and other things like that. It's too abstract in my head to 
to play games like that. I mean, there are some Zendo and other things like that that I can kind of get because you're just you're building them and tipping them over. And there are games at Super Duper Games that are not that abstract. I'm not saying they all are, but there are a bunch of them that you know they're circles on a grid. Uh, artwork does sell games, and it sells online games as well. So. I, I don't know if I would actually play more of them if the artwork was better, because they're still basic games, some of them. Again, I don't want I don't want the guy from Super Duper Games going, what the hell are you doing talking about, you know, I'm not saying that they all are, none of them are really bad games. It's just, I'm looking for more depth in a lot of my games than most of the games on Super Duper. There are some that are have the depth. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying that, but a good many of them are abstract games. Uh, and for one thing, I'm not very good at abstract games. Even though I was just talking about how I love strategy games, I'm also really bad at them. <laughs> so I was looking more for the graphical ones, and that's where I found you know, Spiel by Web, Mobby Web, You Play It. Ludaholic, um, Bote Aju, Ludagora, um, even Master Moves. All nice and graphical. Uh, Master Moves, not great. I'm not sure what it is, but I I think it's because it feels flat. It feels two-dimensional as opposed to three-dimensional. I just imagine the actual game being more three-dimensional. It just sounds kind of weird. Um, I, I don't know why it feels that way. Um, and I don't know how they really should fix it. I, I think most of the games work pretty well. Though I wish they had maybe a mirror in the United States because their site's pretty slow at times. But I don't think they're catering to the U.S. player. Um, A lot of international players, I think, actually being in Europe is better for them. Um, And I see a lot of models on different play-by-web sites on how they're going to be monetarily compensated. Uh, I think Ludaholic is going to charge $5 a month for games. Master Moves charges you to get more moves per day. I think you're allowed 40 a day. And other things like that. And I, and I get that. I really do. Um, they have to make money somehow. The servers are expensive. The development time, is it, it, it costs a lot of time to make a play-by-web game. But in my opinion, play-by-web is the ultimate way to play games to fit my lifestyle. I get an email saying, hey, take your turn. I click. I go to the site. I click, 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 click. You know, less than a minute, I've taken my turn and submitted it. My opponent can then take his turn. If I don't get back to him till tomorrow, most people, not that upset. There are some people that want to play really quickly. I tried to start a game of Samurai over at MobbyWeb. And setup took, I think, three hours. One guy dropped out. He was like, that's taking too long. Uh, th- this game's not going anywhere. Which, I mean, I don't think he really got the concept of play-by-web. 
it is not fast. I'm in some I'm in some play-by-email games that have been going on since January. Uh, that it just it takes a long time, and I don't know if they'll be able to create um, in play-by-web games games that are actually long games. I I'm trying to picture in my head whether or not an empire builder type game that takes three hours normally how long that could possibly take play-by-web. It'd be interesting to find out if Mayfair ever would allow it, um, a a play-by-web type implementation. I don't know, maybe I'll talk to them about that. They're sponsors of that ANCON that's going to be in Hudson, so maybe I should chat with them about that and see see if they'd uh, like to go online with some of their games. I know they've done it before, uh, they were in something called the Multiplayer Gaming Network, which was a uh, an online game uh, game playing, and that didn't do so well. And they also there was a uh, something done called Iron Dragon, uh, not Iron Dragon. Um, it was the Iron Dragon board game that was adapted to online play. Oh, what was that called? Um, I can't remember. Um, now I can't even remember the name of the company that came out with it. But it's a very nice online ad- adaptation, but I don't think it sold the way Mayfair expected it to sell. And then it, it ceased getting support and other things like that. So I think there are some some people still playing it, but... Uh, and it had very good, I think, very good uh, support. And the players who were actually playing it loved it. I paid for it. I love playing that game, but and everybody kind of thought, well, are they going to adapt the rest of them? Which would have been nice, but I don't think uh, that's ever going to happen. So, uh, play by web, but like I said, the whole concept is you can play a turn in about a minute or less, which essentially means that you can probably do it while you're at work. And that's where it really helps out the people like me who sit at work at a computer all day doing coding. Every once in a while, they flip over to a web page or they check their email and click a link, go over, play a couple turn, you know, play a turn, you know, finish off a game, something like that. I mean, in some cases, you've got multiple games that your turns available, so you might be might play a little bit more. But if you stay conservative on the number of games you join you're probably going to spend maybe 10 minutes a day doing your turns. Maybe 20 if you go back and do them later in the day. But if you're a a one-turn-a-day guy, that's maybe 10 minutes to play 10, 15 games. Do you get enjoyment out of the games the same way you do if you're playing them in person? Eh, not as much. I still yen to play games in person with other people. But I also have been able to play games that I otherwise never would have played. Uh, I know how to play Krita, Ur, Shadow the Emperor, Rishliu, Hansa, Gods, uh, Erland, Capital, um, Bus, Hacienda, Wallenstein, um, to call 
Santiago. I'm naming games that I have never actually physically played. But I've played them online. Now, would I buy these games? I would if I was also meeting regularly with other gamers. So does it work for what the uh, game... Uh, the publishers are looking for with if they allow games to be a- adapted online they've got to think how is this improving my bottom line uh, people get to know the game but does that mean they're going to go out and buy the game and that's where it has to translate for me I did actually buy Amon Ray because I played it on Spiel by Web. I can say that honestly. I bought Amon Ray because I played it in Spiel by Web. Uh, there are some other games that it wasn't really because I had played them online. Uh, I played them at a convention or other things like that. Had then played it online a bit more to get better at the game. But uh, so I, it's one of those things that I don't know. Um, I'd be interested to, to hear from any listeners. That's kdevine at yahoo.com, K-D-E-V-I-N-E at yahoo.com. On your experience with Play by Web, has it influenced you in buying games? Um, I'd, I'd, it'd be really interesting to know whether or not it has or not. Um, I know that I've bought some games thinking maybe I could adapt this for online play. I personally do not have a online board gaming site, but um, I have started to work with Ludaholic in developing one of their games. I, I signed a non-disclosure agreement, so I can't say any more other than I'm, I'm developing a game for them. Not from scratch, I'm, I'm adapting a game that they already have a license for. So, but there are some games that are out of print, and those are the games that I'd really like to start seeing on a play-by-web interface. Not the games that are currently available necessarily, um, though from the publisher's point of view, they'd love to put their current games up there, I would think, because of the, not just the advertising effect, but if I already know how to play a game, I'm more likely to play the game. And play-by-web sort of allows me to do that. It also allows me to sort of play-test a game. I always thought Reef Encounter. Reef Encounter looked like a great game. I've played Reef Encounter over at Spiel by Web. Probably not a game I would buy. Just It's just not my type of game. So did it save me from spending a lot of money on a game that I might have bought because it looked nifty and looked like it had good mechanics? Maybe. Uh, not exactly what the publisher would want, but a little bit better than having a gamer buy a game, play it, and go, I really don't like this. It sits on the shelf. They remember, I didn't like this game by this guy, or whatnot, and they may never buy any games by that person again. Uh, so by playing it online, I go, okay, I didn't really like that reef encounter but possibly the next game published by that guy if that goes up on a play by website I'll probably give it a try and see if I like that better I'm not a particularly big fan of I think it was gods uh, which is a Michael Schnock 
game, I think. Uh, let me check on that really quickly. <sighs> yes, Gods is a Michael Schnock game. However, he's got uh, other games that he's done, such as Hansa, that I think are great. I think Hansa is a great game, whereas I really didn't like Gods. Now, maybe it's because I haven't played Gods enough, but um, so that's that's kind of where I am in the. There are games out there that I that I like, and then there are games I don't like. And because I've played them online, I I know which ones I would buy. Uh, he also did Richelieu, so actually, Mobby Web has three of his games online. So it, it's it's kind of one of those things where it gave me a chance to try out a game before spending money on it. Um, if I had to pay $5 a month to play games, I'd really, again, I'd have to equate that with a time is money kind of thing. Um, if I were spending $5 a month to play games at Ludaholic, let's say, I'd probably want to play about 20 games in that month. 10 would kind of almost be a break-even, but 20 would be where I'd really like to be at. And 20 games a month, uh, game length is usually about two weeks. means about 10 games at a time, which is where I was going with the 10 minutes of time. Mind you, there are multiple sites I have to check uh, each day for turns. I'm actually trying to think of a way to possibly shorten that, where by maybe I can make a web page, but if you put in your username and log in to each of the different uh, play-by-webs, it'll come up and tell you if you have a if your turn, if if your turn is ready. Though I'm not sure if I can do that without permission from the different websites. So uh, something I've been thinking about. Okay, I've reached the hour point, <laughs> so I think I should stop talking. Uh, this is going to be a rather long podcast, but. It's you know it's a history of my gaming. It's the reason why I started this podcast. It's been a long time since I've been thinking about doing this, so I finally got it done. And uh, I hope you continue listening. I really would like to continue with the news that I've been doing. Um, as far as the reviews go, I'm not sure where I can go with that. Um, I'm going to see what I can do about maybe some more Brett Spielwelt games. Uh, maybe some more Super Duper stuff. Uh, maybe even Vassal Engine or War Game Room or something like that. The real-time ones, as I said, difficult to do. So, um, we'll see what I can do uh, in in getting some kind of review to you. It's becoming, like I said, very difficult because I've hit really all the major sites I know of. If you know a site I haven't done a review on, uh, let me know. And I'll do my best to to try it out. So, thanks for listening, if you're still listening and haven't skipped to the next track. (laughs) Talk to you in two weeks. Hi there, friend. Welcome to the Dragon's Landing Inn. 
Come in from the cold and warm yourself by the fire. Wow, thanks a lot. It's downright cold out there. If you're looking for something to eat, we've got a feast of ideas and advice for tabletop RPG players over there. Uh-huh. And in the back room, we have interviews with gaming industry insiders. Uh, right. And out here in the common room, we have lots of good hearty discussion about all kinds of RPGs and accessories. So, what can I get for you? One podcast later. Little mugger bear wouldn't do us any harm. No little mugger bear wouldn't do us any harm. Visit the Dragon's Landing podcast at www.dragonslanding.com. We hope you enjoyed today's online gaming podcast. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, please go to onlinegamingpodcast.blogspot.com or email kdivine at yahoo.com. <laughs>